the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. A great show for you tonight and a craft beer guest that will be joining me this hour. A returning guest. She's been on the show uh, many times before. News and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast via email at AlbertG at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts on those two platforms. Little uh, ELO to get the uh, get the hour started, Electric Light Orchestra. The name of the song is called Confusion. It'll make sense in just a couple of minutes when we get into our news and notes segment. Uh, the first story off the top having to do with uh, New Jersey and the breweries, uh, and you'll you'll understand why. Uh, I opened up with that song in just a couple of minutes. Now, my guest tonight on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Tara Nuren. You all know Tara. She writes for Forbes magazine. She contributes to a beer show down in South uh, South Jersey uh, called What's on Tap. She's on there on Saturdays. Um, they, I think there's a, a TV component. They, it's on the radio. They, a couple of different things she's contributed to that show. She also freelance writes uh, for a bunch of different um, publications. Lots of stuff going on in the beer world, both locally and nationally. We will get into all of that with Tara uh, coming up about 20 minutes from now. But let's get into the news and notes. And also, I want to talk about a great event uh, that I went to last week. Uh, Holly Garman, thank you uh, for the invite. Uh, the New York City uh, New York City Beer Week is starting to wind down. I think there's like one more day left. But uh, New York City Beer Week kicked off at the Brooklyn Expo Center uh, last Saturday night. And I was there as an attendee, and let me tell you something, what fantastic beer uh, the state of New York and the city of New York is putting out. They are making some great stuff, some good national stuff too, a couple of stuff that ran out, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on in the program. But uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Holly Garman and the folks from the uh, New York City Brewers Guild and the New York City Beer Expo, the kickoff to New York City Beer Week. It was awesome. Great time. Very happy that I got to that. So the in New Jersey... Uh, there is um, the New Jersey Brewers Association. That's the guild that everybody gets involved in if you're a brewer, or most people get involved in, um, where they uh, collectively uh, are trying to further the cause of craft beer in the state of New Jersey. So there's been some infighting. There's been some some stuff going on. Uh, Not really happy the direction. Uh, that the New Jersey Brewers Association is going. So um, I guess a couple of the breweries, and I I would say the biggest breweries in the state of New Jersey in terms of, 
not so much, you know, the biggest in the state of New Jersey in terms of the quality, in terms of uh, sales, I guess, have banded together. So the Brewers Guild of New Jersey uh, will launch, uh, actually launched March 1st, Um, They have appointed KZG's Eric Orlando as the organization's first executive director. And when uh, and the KZG is the Kaufman Zeta group. Um, So this is a new state based trade group. It will initially be comprised of state licensed craft breweries and brew pubs and making up over 75 percent of the independent craft beer brewed in the state of New Jersey. They're going to work to ensure that positive trends for local independent craft beer in the Garden State continue through the promotion of sensible, innovative policies that will help increase purchase opportunities for consumers and the overall visibility of New Jersey craft beer. So the founding members of the Brewers Guild, and here's the list. They include Flying Fish Brewing, Cape May Brewing, Kane, Carton, Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, River Horse, Cricket Hill, Beach House, and Spellbound Brewing. So those are the founding members. Now, what's interesting about most of these, if not all, it, it's kind of, it's almost like there's an exclusivity to this club. Um, and what, bo- I, I guess this is what bothers me a little bit, but let's, let, let me, you know, delve a little bit more into this story here, and we'll have to get, maybe we'll have to get to our other news and notes stuff uh, in our next segment. But Gene Muller, who's a founding member of the New Guild and the owner of Flying Fish Brewing Company, uh, he is one of the members, obviously. Ryan Krill uh, from Cape May, uh, who's the CEO and co-founder of Cape May, is also uh, one of the founders, as I mentioned. Um, it, it's it's interesting here what they're doing. So they are allowing people in, but you have to produce more than 2,200 barrels of beer uh, a year in order to be considered. So what does that mean? So if you're a microbrewery, and there are many microbreweries in the state, you brew less than two, 2,200 barrels, you won't be allowed to come into this group. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of weird here. It sounds to me like uh, they are excluding certain breweries from being a part of this guild, from being a part of this group. Um, I've spoken with a few people. Nobody that will go on the record. Um, and it's it, it's an interesting take how they all see it. Um, my personal opinion. Uh, I think this kind of fractures what what is going on. What's going to happen to the New Jersey uh, Brewers Association? Is that going to go by the wayside? Are people just not going to pay their dues anymore to that and just say, you know what, this group is no good. We're going to jump on with the new one? Uh, it sounds to me like that may happen. Um, they need to band together and figure out what's going on here. Sounds to me like this new group is going to do that, but I have my doubts when you're excluding uh, certain people. When you're telling certain people, well, you know what, you're not making enough beer to be involved in this group. And look, there are some that may not be involved in the group because they simply can't make enough beer. Or that's not their agenda. But we're seeing an explosion of craft breweries all over, not just New Jersey, but in New York, all over the country. And we're at, I think New Jersey right now is at the cusp where there, there could be this explosion because more and more towns are becoming receptive to uh, you know, breweries being in their town, it creates revenue. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a social meeting gathering place where people get together and and they're talking over a beer instead of looking or staring at a phone. So, I, I think this is something that needs to be very very careful here on how they do things. Um, it, it it really is kind of 
Um, I, I don't know what's the I, I don't know what the word is that I'm. I, they just I guess careful is really the is really the best way to describe it. They need to be careful how they proceed here, because I don't think you want to you want to piss off the other people that are making great beer in New Jersey that may not be included in the club because they're a couple of hundred barrels short, which I hope doesn't happen. Um, New Jersey has some archaic laws. The whole having to take a tour of a brewery is ridiculous. It's stupid. Uh, I don't believe that craft breweries are a competition to restaurants. I think that notion is ridiculous. If you like the beer, you're going to go there and drink their beer. If there's a restaurant in town that has food, either you're going to order the food from the place, which is giving that place business and bringing it to the brewery and eating it if they allow it, or you're going to go over to that restaurant and eat there because you're hungry and you're in the town, and maybe, by the way, they're serving the local beer that you just went to on tap. It, it doesn't make sense to me that these restaurants think that these craft breweries are a competition. It's ridiculous. It's so silly. It's so stupid. I don't get why they're doing it. But, look, in the end, if it allows New Jersey to pass laws that benefit the craft brewers, and I mean all craft brewers in the state, it's a good thing. It remains to be seen. I definitely want to get somebody on record uh, to talk about this. And we're going to continue to explore this uh, as we go uh, through the, uh, the the coming weeks uh, on what's going on. I'm going to talk to a few. I'm actually going to talk to a few New Jersey brewers uh, tonight at, a, at an event that I'm at right now uh, over in Morristown. Thank you, Allison Thompson, for the tickets uh, to the uh, Big Brew uh, Festival at the Morristown Armory. Uh, but uh, a lot more that we have to get into uh, with this. Uh, Coronado Brewing off to a fast start uh, this year. They uh, debuted its first ever sour beer. They announced the new Knoxville Beer Series. They released the first installment in their 2018 Coronado collection of barrel-aged beers. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get one. Uh, But Coronado Brewing announcing a new collaboration partnering with a local artist, Kelsey K. Fish Fisher, on a series of four new beers in 2018. Uh, The partnership will kick off the Coronado Art Series, uh, an annual collection of beers featuring custom artwork by local artists. So Coco Chaos is the beer. This is the first of four parts. It's an unfiltered IPA. It's brewed with mosaic and southern cross hops. Huge addition of fresh coconut and coconut milk. The beer uh, coming in at a moderate 6.5% ABV. Fruity tropical notes, restrained bitterness, and a slight haze. So there's a lot more coconut here. Uh, coconut Chaos has hit the sh- uh, store shelves only in California. This is an exclusive beer to California. You can't get it anywhere else. Uh, subsequent art series releases will be in June, September, uh, and December. And if you want more information on that, if you live in California, just go to CoronadoBrewing.com uh, for more information. Uh, and then finally, uh, last bit of news and notes here before we get to our break, and then we're going to have more news coming up in the next segment. For the first time since its founding in 2014, Gowanus-based Threes Brewing is going to move some of their beer production out of their flagship brewery space at 333 Douglas Street uh, with a new uh, partnership with Hudson Valley-based brewery Industrial Arts. This is great. Threes Brewing puts out some really, really uh, good beers and now teaming up with Industrial Arts, and Industrial Arts is just killing it uh, with their beers. Their IPAs are outstanding. Uh, so they're going to get uh, get together and uh, collaborate a little bit more. They're going to brew uh, there, and kind of it's a, it's kind of a, a partnership that um, I think will benefit uh, both breweries. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, the folks from Threes Brewing teaming up with Industrial Arts to help utilize their space uh, a little bit better. So good news uh, from the folks uh, at Threes Brewing, and of course at Industrial Arts. Now, when we come back after a short break, uh, we're going to have more news 
Uh, a, a beer that I ended up getting to taste at this uh, beer expo last week for the kickoff for New York City Beer Week, Sand City. They're having some problems over in the village of Northport. We'll get into that. We'll also get into the uh, Maryland laws that we talked about last week. I want to uh, delve more into that story as well. And then Tara Nuren is going to join us uh, at the bottom of the hour. Folks, just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage. You know what it's made with. Barley and hops, a little water. It's all good. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jay Sekula takes a deep look at the Florida school shooting. They had the information, the information as to who the shooter was, and that he planned on doing a school shooting. And they got it twice. And they let it fall through the cracks, as they say, twice. Those are not acceptable answers. If we think that this was just a question of you could have legislated this away, there was a system in place and the system failed. Jay Sekula live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 970, The Answer. I'm Jay Farner from Quicken Loans. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.62%. But choosing the right mortgage lender involves so much more than just a rate. Only Quicken Loans has earned 12 J.D. Power Awards. No other lender comes close to that level of client satisfaction. And we invented Rocket Mortgage. It gives our clients a simpler, hassle-free way to get a mortgage completely online in minutes. No one else has anything like it. And our people, each one of our 17,000-plus team members throughout Detroit, Cleveland, and Phoenix provides absolute client satisfaction each and every day. So why would you go anywhere else to get your mortgage? Go to America's number one online lender. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com for the best mortgage experience on earth. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. This is Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show, On the Town, every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock here on AM 970 Dancer. The show is brought to you by my favorite revival out there now, Hello, Dolly, that great Jerry Herman musical winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival. And it has a new Dolly in Bernadette Peters, who is one of my favorite Broadway stars. My friend Charles Ishwood in the New York Times says Bernadette Peters is indelible in the history of musical theater i heartily agree so don't miss bernadette peters in hello dolly to get tickets go to hello dolly on broadway.com if you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow then you'll be excited to know that am 970 the answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best christian schools in the area the half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition we partnered up with some of the leading schools in the new york new jersey metro area This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM 970 The Answer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Hawthorne Christian Academy, International Christian School, Kearney Christian Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. All right, 
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You want to follow me on social media? Very easy. On Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. Spelt G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, via email, Albert G and NYCRadio.com. iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. And you can find all of the Craft Beer Casts, or most of them, on one of those two platforms. Our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Taryn Nuren from Forbes Magazine. That'll happen about 10 minutes from now. Uh, lots of news uh, to get into with Tara. A couple of different articles that she's written over the last several weeks that I want to dive into with her. Um, so we will uh, we will chat with her in a minute. A quick news uh, note, and then a couple of stories that I really wanted to uh, delve further in on, especially this whole thing with the New Jersey Brewers Association and this new uh, thing that they're forming, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So um, over on Long Island, Northport, has ordered a Sand City's tasting room to close temporarily. Apparently, uh, microbrewery Sand City uh, has, is uh, being told they have to close from and uh, not reopen its tasting room, citing noncompliance with zoning code after some neighbors complained about crowd control noise and intoxicated patrons. They voted, the uh, Village Zoning Board of Appeals voted 4-0 to zero on February 15th, temporarily closed the tasting room. Uh, brewery co-owner Kevin Siller said we were not prepared for the success that we were going to have. This was in a December public hearing held by the Zoning Board of Appeals. Brewery first opened on Main Street in 2015 with a tasting room adjacent to the on-site, brew- uh, on-site brewing operations for samples of their wares. In September, the brewery had closed the tasting room to rebuild their walkway with the intention of reopening the tasting room after finishing the repairs. Uh, these guys make some pretty good beer. I had them last week at the New York City um, kickoff to New York City Beer Week at the Beer Expo. They do a lot of uh, New England-style IPAs, and they sm- sell small quantities at the brewery's back entrance off of Scudder Avenue. Um, you know, and obviously they post it on their Facebook page when they're going to be having their beer sales. People line up. There's a bottle share probably in the parking lot. So what ended up happening, you've got lots of people who want to get their beer. Um, apparently the North Port, uh, Port Police in 2017 issued four violations to the brewery, including one for patrons drinking alcohol while waiting in line to buy beer, one for occupancy issues in the tasting room, and uh, the village administrator is saying he gets an average of two complaints a month from neighbors about the beer line patrons. And, um, you know, look, I know these guys, they say, hey, you have to follow the rules. And that's, you know, just for, for you know, for what am I trying to say here? If the brewery says follow the restrictions, follow the laws, don't be stupid, folks, do that. If they don't allow drinking, uh, you know, in public of alcohol consumption, you know what? Maybe put the bottle share off until another time. Get your beer and you can go. I I would not like to see San City lose their tasting room because of short-sightedness by the the township in Northport uh, preventing these people from selling their wares. I think it's wrong. um, But, folks, you have to be more responsible, you know. Don't be drinking out in public in full view of residents. And, I, again, I'm not familiar with the town of Northport. I don't exactly know where the brewery is, if it's on a residential street, much like Carton Brewing is. Just obey the laws, okay? I mean, it's pretty simple. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. Just follow the laws, and everything will be okay. Am I right? So we discussed last week about uh, the bills in Maryland that are going on that are basically trying to choke off craft beer in Maryland, trying to choke off those that uh, are microbrewers that are trying to produce beer, and a bigger operation, much like Guinness, that is trying to come into Maryland 
and I guess they're trying to craft the law to benefit Guinness. We talked about the fact that Guinness has already said, we want to work with the craft brewers. We don't want to, you know, uh, we don't want to, uh, you know, block them. We want to work with them. So the bills uh, were, were up for consideration last Friday. Uh, have not seen any new news of whether or not one bill is going forward and the other isn't. It really sounds to me like the distributors are putting so much money into this one person's uh, campaign, this uh, Talmadge Branch and Derek Davis. They apparently are getting a lot of contributions uh, from a number of these distributors that it seems like they're trying to manipulate and control what's going on in Maryland. When we have more information, I'm definitely going to bring it to you. I don't want to sit here and speculate about things that I'm not really, you know, fully well read up on. So we will get into this a little bit more next week. Uh, it is definitely a serious subject and something that really needs to be considered. Uh, as to the law in, or not the law, but as to the um, the changes in New Jersey that I spoke about in our last segment, uh, where the, um, the the biggest brewers in New Jersey are forming their own kind of alliance, association, whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's interesting. Over the course of this week, after this story had come out, um, I did some research, talked with a number of different people, uh, trying to get a, you know just a little perspective on the whole thing. So the other night, I'm at Wet Ticket Brewing, one of my favorite places in Rowway, New Jersey, uh, to go have a couple of beers. They released their new Imperial Oatmeal Stout uh, that they had released back in December. This batch, a little bit different, though. Uh, full disclosure, I had a taste of it, and um, it's uh, a little bit sweeter. Still has that bourbon in there, that nice bourbon flavor, the oatmeal. You get all of the different flavors, a little chocolate, a little coffee, um, but a little bit more sweetness, a little coconut on the back end, a little sweet, sweetness from the coconut. It's really good. Uh, so I was picking up a couple of bottles, and one of the owners was in there, Al Povaleski, and we were having a discussion, and um, he brought up something interesting. So last year there was this whole thing, and this is the perspective that I'm taking because I, I don't really understand why these big brewers are doing what they're doing almost at the expense of the smaller brewer, like a wet ticket. So we were discussing how they, you know, they have, we're starting the business and getting things going in Broadway, and Al tells the story of how one particular restaurant owner, I'm not going to mention names, said to them, I will never carry your beer in my restaurant. I got my beer. I'm happy. Everything's great. There's no way I'm carrying your beer. So lo and behold, what happens? Two months into opening the business, the same restaurant owner comes back to them and says, I got to carry your beer. Now, why? Because people were going into the restaurant, going to have some food, thinking that that beer was going to be on tap. Guess what? It wasn't. So people said, hey, <clears throat> you got to get this beer. It's really good. So finally, he, he, he reneged after two months and said, okay, I got to go back. What's it going to cost? You know, how much? Blah, blah, blah. I need to get a keg or what a six till, whatever it is, right? So this is the thing. My point here that I'm trying to make. The restaurant owners last year down in South Jersey were sort of having a, an unofficial boycott of craft breweries in and around the state. They weren't stocking craft beer uh, in their restaurants. They weren't putting them in. Basically telling the craft brewers, forget it, we're not doing this. Claiming that it hurts their business. And they think that the laws that they're trying to change on the books in New Jersey, you know, limit, uh, you know, the uh, no more tours uh, of a brewery, um, you know, some different things that are going on in the state legislature. And the restaurant owners feel that this is taking away from their business. I don't see that. I understand their argument, but I think it's invalid. Um, when you go to a place like Wet Ticket and you're going to have a couple of beers, 
you're not sitting there the entire time the place is open. And let's face it, their hours are not conducive to a bar. 4 o'clock in the afternoon till 9 o'clock at night during the week. Uh, obviously later on the weekends, but not, not super late where it's, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. So you have, you have these set hours, right? You're not going in there. Let's say you go in on a Thursday at 4 o'clock, right? You're not drinking the entire time that you're in there for five hours. I mean, listen, could one of us do that? Sure. But you'd be in no condition to do anything else when you're done drinking. So to me, here's the thing. I have a couple of beers. I'm sitting there. I'm hungry. I want something to eat. Maybe I'm going to bring in takeout food. Maybe I'm going to order something in the town. Maybe I'm going to go to a restaurant in the town and decide to have something to eat there, right? And in the meantime, I'm going to have another beer. Well, guess what? If, if Wet Ticket's beer is on their tap, I would be more inclined to have their beer, right, while I'm eating my food. So who wins? Everybody. You know who wins? The restaurant wins because you've walked in and now you're a customer and you're buying their food. The brewery wins because you're buying their beer because it's on tap at that restaurant. And you win because you got yourself a, a good meal and you get yourself a great local fresh beer that's on tap. Everybody wins. Now, I understand the restaurant's argument. Hey, we paid a lot of money for these liquor licenses. And you know what? I understand it. It's a commodity. It's something that if the restaurant goes belly up, you have something to leverage that you can sell to somebody else. I get that 110%. But the brewery's license doesn't cost as much as your license. And the brewery can't serve food. They can't sell spirits. They can't do any of the things that you can do. All they can do is sell beer. How is that hurting your business? If you're a BYOB and somebody gets a growler of wet ticket and brings it into your place, that's a win-win. They're drinking the local beer that they bought at the local, the local brewery, and they're eating the local food at your local restaurant. It's a win-win all the way around. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, I get the argument, but, the, but getting back to my original thing about what's going on here with the New Jersey Brewers, it's my opinion that I think that these bigger brewers are going to hurt the smaller microbreweries. I think in the long run it's going to hurt them. You've got two factions. Nobody knows what, what one is doing or the other. The bigger, it, it, it's almost, it's, I hate to use this, but it's true, David versus Goliath. And it seems like the, the Davids, the, the, the bullies here, the bigger breweries, are ganging up to hurt the smaller breweries. And I hope that that is not the case. I hope that, it, that they are going to work in the best interests of all the breweries in New Jersey. I'm telling you, any of you New Jersey breweries that are listening out there, you have an opportunity here to have great, expansive growth in the state of New Jersey. New York is growing in leaps and bounds. They're doing great things. You're on the cusp of breaking this thing wide open where it is beneficial, not only to the breweries, but to the local municipalities, to everybody. Everybody can win here. Don't screw this up. That's, it's that important. There's a lot of good beer coming out of New Jersey. A lot of good beer. And it's a major problem if you guys screw this up and set New Jersey breweries back, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Will not be a good thing. I'm off my soapbox now. When we come back after a short break, Tara Nuren from Forbes returns to the program. We're going to have some, a good conversation with Tara Nuren, including uh, one of the things I want to get into with her, baby birthday parties at breweries. She's against it. I'm kind of, I, I don't have an issue, too much of an issue for it. But we'll talk about uh, with uh, her with that and a lot of other stuff. Coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. 
coast to cloudy 39 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. The NYPD searching for three men who allegedly stole a snowplow. James Flippin has the story. Weather on the mind around the tri-state this weekend after Friday's powerful nor'easter rocked the region and in some places left upwards of five inches of snow on the ground. But this happened in Queens last month. Police say the men pulled a pickup truck into the parking lot of a Woodside Best Buy, then, using their combined strength, hoisted the 500-pound plow into the truck's flatbed. So it's heavy, not cheap, either. Officials say it's valued at close to $4,500. James Flippin, NBC News Radio, New York. Police confirmed that the driver of a car was found dead in a fatal crash with an LIRR train early Saturday morning. The train was traveling eastbound from East Northport to Port Jefferson, and the MTA says no one on the train was injured. It isn't clear whether the train struck the car or the car struck the train. It's possible the driver died before the train crashed. The investigation continues. And the New Jersey man is dead after a tree fell on top of his car along the Merritt Parkway in Stanford. State police say Jonathan Rodriguez Melendez of Hawthorne, New Jersey, was killed yesterday afternoon when a large tree came crashing down as he drove southbound between exits 33 and 31. A passenger was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. In sports action, in the NHL, the Rangers lead Edmonton 1-0 in the first period. Earlier, Pittsburgh beat the Islanders in overtime 3-2. Preseason baseball, Yankees over the Red Sox 5-3, and the Mets were shut out by Miami 1-0. Time to check the traffic. The George Washington Bridge looking good. Although now on the inbound upper deck, two left lanes will be closed for construction, but not causing a delay right now. Holland Tunnel in good shape along with the Lincoln. Tappan Zee also in fine shape in both directions. Sunday parking rules in effect tomorrow. You now know how not to go. Weather tonight, a coastal flood advisory in effect. Cloudy, breezy, low 35 degrees. And then Sunday, partly sunny and breezy, high 45. Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. Every Army National Guard member serves not only to protect the nation, but also their local communities, so they each have a stake in the security and well-being of the neighborhoods where they live and work. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. Since the early days of our republic, the Army National Guard has continued its timeless commitment to guarantee peace and security for all of Americans, a proud legacy which has endured for nearly four centuries. To be a guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. Selfless service, it's what inspires the men and women of the Army National Guard to be part of something greater than themselves. To learn more, 
Log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All of these carrot heads covered with oil. Look at you. Well, welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Follow me on Twitter at Algatulo. Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all of the craft beer casts right there. You know, the way this week has gone, with all the crazy news and nonsense that's going on, not just in the state of New Jersey, but elsewhere in the country, uh, Margaritaville seems appropriate uh, for for one. And I'm not a big Margarita fan, but you know what? I might just need one and switch up... uh, uh, the beer a little bit here. Now, my next guest on the cast, she's been on plenty of times. She's actually, I think she's the most, uh, uh, the, the guest that's been on the most on this program, just a little over two years uh, on this radio station. And uh, thanks for uh, for her coming on and for the listeners as well. She is a delight to have. She always brings the knowledge on craft beer. She's a writer for Forbes magazine, co-hosts What's on Tap, which is available on cable systems in southern New Jersey. They're also on radio down there as well. She's been, uh, she's all over the place traveling with all this great beer news. And uh, she's going to be down in Atlantic City in a couple of weeks for her uh, organization that she runs as well. You can check out her articles at Forbes.com. Let me welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Tara Noren. Tara, how are you? Hi, and I will be introduced by Margaritaville anytime. <laughs> I love I love Jimmy Buffett. So, awesome. yeah, that, that started it off well. How Excellent. are you? Excellent. I'm good. I'm good. Now, you posted a bunch of stuff on Forbes, but this one story kind of post, that you posted a few days ago uh, jumped out at me. For as much as craft beer brewers are touting the beer business is growing, in reality, in the total overall market, beer sales are down while sales of spirits are up. Why is that? Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so it's not – so this gets a little confusing. It's not that sales are down. It's that the growth is shrinking. So sales are still up year over year, but we used to have this incredible double-digit growth for year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And in the past, mm, I think it's about two years, the growth has shrunk to um, single digits. And now I think we're only growing at like 4% or something. And, and that does have craft brewers and, and all brewers freaking out. Um, while spirits, like you said, they're up. Um, you know, there are a lot of possible reasons for this. Um, the number of craft distilleries has been growing a lot. It's a more recent phenomenon, you know, so craft Spirits are much more available now mm. than they were a couple of years ago. And, you know, these days we're kind of all about novelty. We want what's new. We want what's exciting. And craft spirits are new and exciting. And so, um, you know, since we had this classic cocktail revival, um, I don't know, maybe around the turn of the decade, mm-hmm. we've just really been sort of shifting the spirits. And, um, yeah, you can see it in the numbers because over the past, mm, I think, I think it was 
correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even remember my own story, to be honest, but I think it was over the past 10 years or so. Um, beer has lost 10 percentage points in their share of the market oh, wow. versus spirits and wine, and 2% has gone to wine, and 8% has gone straight to spirits. Wow. That's that's a that's a big number, and and we're seeing such expansion within the craft beer market, and we keep we keep talking about, it and people keep talking about how there seems to be this craft beer bubble that may or may not be bursting or whatever. We're seeing a lot of these mid level brewers that are kind of you know they're they've overextended themselves or over leveraged themselves or they're stopping from expanding because of that. So that that's pretty interesting that the uh, the whole spirits thing that you know that is 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 gaining in popularity and gaining in sales, and now this is affecting. Uh, you know, craft brewers as well. We're talking with Tara Nuren from Forbes magazine. Her latest articles are up on the site right now at Forbes.com here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. You also wrote another piece, Tara, about two of my favorite things, music and beer. But this is not just about a band or a guitar player, singer, kind of showing up at a brewery and playing. What What is this piece all about? That kind of breweries and, and uh, distilleries are, are pairing up with arts programs? Yes, this was so interesting to me. Thank you for reading that. Um, uh, Symphony orchestras, classical arts organizations, are pairing up with local breweries and, to a lesser extent, distilleries to have beers. Well, let's just stick with breweries. Mm. To have beers brewed for for them. So you've got places like. Eugene, Oregon, and two cities in Maine, for example, pairing up with local breweries to have beers brewed for specific, like, Beethoven festivals or Bach festivals or Mozart festivals. It's really cool. And then, well, on the distillery side, a couple places, a couple arts organizations have sent their musicians to the distilleries to play right there amongst the stills. And... um, the um, symphony in Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm. I think I'm getting that right. Um, was uh, no okay. They sent a pianist. They sponsored a pianist to go play classical versions of Radiohead at a distillery in Wichita. And then there was another distillery that hosted um, classical musicians playing Bach using uh, liquor bottles. Oh, that's cool. That's very right? cool. That's inventive and kind of getting people to go and experience music in a different way. And at the same time, you can have yourself a craft beer. You can have yourself a, a spirit or whatever it is that they're particularly making. That I think that's a, I think that's a really great thing. I think it's innovative, and I think that's uh, something that could be a success and maybe kind of change the game a little bit for some of these, uh, some of these places to get some business in. That's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Totally, because, I mean, as everybody probably knows, arts organizations, you know, their patrons and their board members, they're, they're aging, you right. know, and they, they need to find all these, you know, creative ways to bring younger people in, and, and I think this is a great move. Yeah, how to, how to attract that younger crowd. That's important. We're talking with Tara Nern from Forbes Magazine. Her latest article's up on their site right now at Forbes.com on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So since you and I live in the great state of New Jersey, Tara, something interesting that came down the conveyor belt this week, the announcement that many of the largest breweries in the state of New Jersey have decided to form their own organization, breaking away from the New Jersey Brewers Association. The new organization is called the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. It'll be open to breweries and brew pubs that have sold at least 2,000 barrels of beer the previous year. 
So I've really been confused about this, and honestly, it doesn't take much to confuse me. I'm really not the sharpest tool in the shed. But in your opinion, Tara, I don't think that this is a great idea, in my opinion, for the smaller microbreweries in New Jersey. What's your opinion on this? I agree. I mean, to be fair, I haven't talked to any of the people yet who have gone ahead and split. So, you know, I haven't heard their side, but I have read quotes in the press, and um, I'm not impressed. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is necessarily good for any state when this happens, and it happened once in Colorado, and a couple months later they rejoined, they worked it out. Um, and I'm really hoping that's what happens here, although it doesn't – I don't think it's going to necessarily because it looks like the, the breweries that split have, you know, already done a lot to establish themselves as an independent association. But um, New Jersey is just not a mature enough beer market to handle this at all, and I don't think it's good for anyone. No, I, I agree with you, and I think it's a shame because you have such great success in New York right now, such great success in Pennsylvania, and now you have New Jersey in the middle of it, which to me seems to be on the cusp of really breaking out and doing something uh, economically for, for small business in and around the state, and it seems like they're shooting themselves in the, in the, uh, in the foot here. Now, I have to ask you, uh, the other night you had uh, posted on Facebook, you were over uh, in Philly, uh, Goose Island opened a new kind of tap room, a kind of brewery thing, and they had Bourbon County on tap. How was it? Oh, it was so good. <laughs> How could I'm it not be, right? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I didn't remember that it's um, – I, I think it changes every year, the ABV, but the one that they had on tap was uh, 13.8%. Oh, Okay. And I had two of them. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. One is good, too. Yeah, you know, if as long as you're not driving, it's good. Uh, yeah, I wasn't driving. I good. Ubered everywhere. Excellent. Um, and what, well, what, what's particularly cool is that they say they are going to try to keep a dedicated line of Goose Island on all the time. Wow. Now that's awesome. Yeah, right. See, now, now I have to make a trip to Philly just for that because I have a couple All of bottles right. aging and whatever. But, yeah, just to get it straight on the main line on tap, that is very cool. And finally, you're going to be in Atlantic City coming up in a few weeks at the, uh, the Beer and Music Fest down there towards the end of April, uh, representing, of course, Beers for Babes. What's going to be going on at your table down there? Well, thank you for asking. Um, so our table will be mostly informational. You can come hang out with us, talk about beer, learn some things, meet some cool women who are interested in beer. But we are sponsoring um, a speaker series. So we're having one speaker on one of the stages per session. We're going to be um interviewing women, prominent women in the industry. And we have two confirmed so far, although we're not sure which session is which, but we're going to have Tori Fisher, the owner of Backward Flag Brewing. Awesome. Talked to her a couple weeks ago. Yep. She's great. Oh, yeah, cool. She's amazing. Yes. Um, We are going to have Jadid Clancy from Windridge Ciders as one of our speakers, and we're working on confirming the third. So, um, yeah, that'll be, I think, Right, I think he's got the music stage and then maybe an educational stage. Nice. So we'll be on the educational stage. Awesome. you got to check that out. If you're going down to the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest 
in March. Definitely check that out. Stop by the table, Beers for Babes. Say hello to Tara Nuren. Say hello to the people that are down there that are volunteering. It is awesome. The play. It's always a good time down there. The music, the beer, it's fantastic. My guest has been Tara Nuren from Forbes Magazine. Her latest article is up on the site right now at Forbes.com. We have a few linked on our uh, Craft Beer Cast page. I tweet some out every once in a while. you got to check Tara out. She's got great stuff. And Tara, thank you so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Anytime. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds. All after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Wednesday afternoon, it's your information fast lane at AM 970, The Answer. Michael Medved blasts off at 3. Kevin McCullough breaking news as it happens at 4. John Katsimatidis getting both sides of the story at 5. And Jay Sekulow making news from the nation's capital at 6. Get your information super infusion every Wednesday. The stories you need and the analysis you trust only on AM 970, The Answer answer. Are you a timeshare owner that would like to get out of your timeshare the right way? Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. Now is the time to make the call to simplify your life and get rid of those high fees and annual bills for vacations you never take. For over a decade, we've been working in timeshare owner advocacy. We will give you a legal and ethical solution that will get you out of your timeshare once and for all. Call 855-551-7066 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com for a no-obligation consultation. Mike Gallagher here again for one of my all-time, and I mean all-time favorite sponsors, ReliefFactor.com. My story is simple. I had a hip replaced, then I had a motorcycle accident, left me in pain, who simply wouldn't go away until I started taking Relief Factor. A three-week quick start is just nineteen ninety-five. 80% of people who do order the three-week quick start go on to order more, like me. Go to ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, ReliefFactor.com. Are you thinking of hiring a tax preparer to file your taxes? In New York State, most taxpayers can file for free. If you earn $66,000 or less, you can electronically file your tax returns at no cost. It's easy, fast, and secure. You can also get free help preparing your returns. If you do hire a preparer, know your rights to protect your hard-earned money. For more information, visit tax.ny.gov. Sponsored by New York State Department of Taxation and Finance in cooperation with NYSBA. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer is always you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts from there and listen to them at your leisure. Now it's time for our Suds and Duds segment. Of course, this is the segment where I review... Uh, some of the beers that I've had over the past week or so, I'll tell you if it's a Suds or if it's a Dud. Um, and m- the majority of the beers are going to be about the uh, kickoff to New York City Beer Week. It was held at the Brooklyn uh, Expo uh, in uh, Greenpoint, uh, Brooklyn, 
uh, last Saturday night. Had a fantastic time. Holly Garman, uh, who is the PR contact uh, for the folks for the New York City Brewers Guild, thank you uh, for the invite. I wanted to go last year. Obviously, I couldn't because of my uh, health issues, uh, but so glad that I made the move to go last Saturday night. What a great event. Picture the, um, the Brooklyn Expo is kind of like a Jacob Javits Center in Brooklyn, except on a much smaller scale. Um, it's a great place, all open windows. Um, you can see in from the street. Uh, nice little place in sort of a residential, uh, gentrified neighborhood. The, the neighborhood is really coming back. Um, Brooklyn is doing a fantastic job. First of all, Brooklyn is doing a great job with their beers. Uh, but the neighborhoods themselves are becoming these really cool, hip places to go to. Uh, that, you know, people make fun of all the hipsters and this and that. But honestly, a lot of great places. There was a creperie place right across the street from the Brooklyn Expo. A lot of nice bars and restaurants in and around the area. Um, convenient to public transportation. Not so much when it comes to street parking, although I did luck out. I found a spot actually right across the street from um, the Brooklyn Expo. So that was nice. I very much appreciate that. And whoever the security guard was who escorted me up to the front and get me in to avoid the line, Thank you very much. Uh, I, I don't mind waiting on lines, but uh, on this night when it was raining um, and I had already gotten there late, uh, I got there about 15 minutes after the session started, it was nice to be able to be escorted right in. So anyway, let's start off with a lot of the beers that I sampled there uh, last weekend. Uh, first off, uh, the folks from Prison City Pub and Brewery, we've talked about them before. We've had the owner of the uh, the brewmaster on the program before uh, from Prison City. Uh Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that Mass Riot IPA, which was voted out of 300-something IPAs across the country, was voted a couple of years ago as the best IPA in the country. And folks, no joke. Without a doubt, I can totally understand why this IPA is the best in the country. And if you find yourself in Auburn, New York, or you're planning a trip, Make sure you call ahead to see if they have Mass Riot IPA on tap because I'm telling you, if you are an IPA fan and you happen to be in the western part of New York and you don't go there and you don't try the Mass Riot IPA, you are doing yourself a disservice as a craft beer drinker. Now, the funny story is Prison City had two of their other beers there. One I did get a chance to sample, which we'll get to in a moment. But I I asked the, the, the guy behind the stick, I said, hey, you got any of that Mass Riot IPA? And he kind of looked to his left, he looked to his right, kind of like a secret thing, almost like a speakeasy kind of thing. He reaches down, he pulls this crowler out of the Mass Riot IPA, grabs my glass, pours me a, you know, gives me a little pour, about a two-ounce pour. Apparently, if you asked for it, they gave it to you. But they didn't bring a lot of it, of course. So, you know, it was kind of this hush-hush, you know, kind of, if you knew the secret, you got some. If you didn't, you know, sorry, but they weren't giving you a taste. The reason why I believe that this is the best IPA out there is because there are IPA drinkers that like certain things about IPAs. This IPA combines all of those things in one beer and doesn't miss the mark on any of them. And not one particular thing overpowers the other. Some people like dank IPAs. Some people want a juicy IPA. Some people want a hoppy IPA. Some people want that piney IPA. Well, this has all of it in one IPA. Right throughout, from each sip that I took, the flavor was perfect. Nothing kind of, you know, stood out over the other that said, oh, it's got, you know, it's, it, this is more than, than the other. It was, without a doubt, the best IPA I've ever had. Kudos to the folks at Prison City Pub and Brewery. 
The rest of you people who make IPAs, you make some great stuff. There is, you are way, you're off the mark when it comes to this. This was perfect. Anyway, I know I spent way too much time on that one, but, but let me tell you something. It is absolutely worth the trip to Prison City Pub and Brewery to taste Mass Riot IPA. As we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Had a flagship, uh, good folks from Staten Island, of Van Dam, which is a vanilla dark mild, smooth, roasty, delicious. Very much enjoyed that one. Thanks to the folks, uh, Jay Sykes and the folks from Flagship. They're doing a great job. And a, uh, an underrated brewery that not many people know about that's on Staten Island as well. I'm just discovering it for the first time. From Killsboro Brewing, the, D, uh, the DDH Slight of Hand. Excellent IPA, juicy, really nice, hits the mark, and they're from Staten Island. Kudos to those guys. Definitely have to uh, hit them up for an interview because uh, and go visit them because, uh, without a doubt, they're not that far from my house, so I absolutely have to head there. Five Boroughs Brewing, uh, this is uh, from the – this was kind of their um, – a collaboration with five different boroughs, delicious, light, slightly dry, uh, class of 2017, real nice, sort of on the pale ale side. Uh, enjoyed that one very much. Had a Desert Storm by Gunhill Brewing, a great Imperial Stout. Smooth, boozy, just really good. Gunhill is making some great stuff. Uh, another brewery that you definitely have to check out. Uh, All Green Everything by Other Half. Just a, a really, just a banging IPA. Exploding with flavor, hoppy, delicious. Uh, still not a prison city mass riot, but very, very good uh, from Other Half. Those are another, another group of guys at Other Half. Um, that are just putting out consistently good beer. And the whole state of New York is putting out some great beer. Uh, and uh, kudos to Governor Cuomo for relaxing the regulations and the restrictions to allow craft beer to flourish, not only in the state of New York, but in New York City as well. Uh, had a single cut. Uh, does anybody remember Laughter IPA? Always a good beer. Uh, I've had this one before. Definitely a great IPA and single cut doing a great job. Their price point in New Jersey, though, is a little high, uh, but I can understand it. But it, it, single cut. Definitely make some great beers. A new place, Sand City Brewing. We talked about it in our previous uh, news segment uh, during the show, the problems that they're having uh, with their tap room in uh, in, uh, Northport. Uh, Had their Soylent Green. Now, Soylent Green made with people from the movie, and it might be made with people, uh, but seriously, a very good IPA. Very tasty, juicy. Not juicy, more piney than juicy. Um, but real nice stuff, uh, great stuff from the guys from San City. As we continue on here, the Suds and Dud, Sud, Dud segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Alvarado Street, these guys are out of Los Angeles, contains no juice. Uh, everything you want out of a West Coast IPA, juicy, hoppy, tropical, very nice flavor. Enjoyed those guys. Uh, definitely have to check them out um, uh, one of these days, get some stuff from them. Had a, a boysenberry spread from Casa Agria Specialty Ales. Uh, this was a good sour. Uh, wasn't as puckerish as I thought it would be. Uh, very tasty. These guys are up in wine country. Uh, kind of different. Um, I noticed their table wasn't as crowded. Uh, I'm wondering, because, again, sours are an acquired taste. You really have to be into sours to enjoy them. Uh, but this was good, and you could definitely tell the wine influence uh, in this particular beer. Had a coffee break abduction uh, by Pipeworks Brewing out of Chicago. The... Another another table. They didn't have a they didn't have signage, so it was kind of weird. They were next to the prison city folks, and um, they kind of just had like a handwritten sign, and it was almost like there was nobody there because nobody really you know went to their table. So went over and tried this stout. Very boozy, but smooth and delicious. A really great stout. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that more people weren't over there trying their stuff. Uh, but this was really really good. In fact, I probably could have sat at that table 
and finished off that keg. It was that good, uh, that delicious. Now, the other beer that I had from Prison City was their barrel-aged Wham Whams. This was really a perfect beer, boozy, flavorful. Uh, The vanilla beans really complemented this, and the the coconut in there also offset the flavor uh, of a lot of the booze that was in this particular stout. Uh, Very good beer, outstanding. Prison City, I'll tell you, they are doing a great job. And again, unless you're at the brewery in Auburn, New York, or you go to one of these festivals uh, where they are there, you're probably not going to get much of their beer because they don't really distribute uh, outside of the pub and brewery. Uh, From Alphabet City Brewing, their new Alpha Male IPA. It's been out already, but they've kind of tweaked the formula a little bit. A nice, easy-drinking IPA on this one. Uh, And then I finally had the, um, the collaboration for the uh, for the kickoff to the New York City Beer Expo uh, was done by Finback, but it was done by a number of different breweries. Too many to list here. Uh, they were selling the four packs for twenty dollars each. Uh, you got a glass for twenty bucks and a T-shirt. I ended up going for the trifecta and bought all of them. Um, but the opening bash twenty eighteen was excellent, and honestly, should have bought another four pack of this. Really good, nice dry hop, little juicy, smooth, um, kind of a mix of flavors. The dryness and the juiciness kind of overpowered everything else. But really, really nice. Great job by the guys from Finback and all the other breweries that took part in that collaboration. And then the other night, Weyerbacher and Brotherton had a little face-off uh, at uh, Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, thanks to Mike Miles uh, for inviting me from Weyerbacher. Um, got a chance to meet the uh, the folks from uh, Brotherton as well. And uh, we're going to be hitting them up. So, uh, Keith uh, Orenti from Brotherton, thank you for the IPA. Uh, delicious, nice flavors, solid IPA juice bomb. And then uh, had a double Simcoe IPA by Weyerbacher uh, that Mike bought for me. Nice bite, malty, caramel. Uh, if you like your beers, uh, if you like your IPAs like that with a little more malt in it, definitely one that you want to check out. And a yeah, little birdie told me that uh, the good folks from Weyerbacher and Brotherton and maybe another brewery involved, kind of a trifecta, a tri-state uh, uh, deal, they're going to be collabing on a beer uh, very soon. So we'll have to check that out. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to uh, Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Tara Nuren uh, for jumping on. We had a great conversation with Tara. Going to see Tara in a couple of weeks down in Atlantic City. But also, you know, the, the whole thing with the New Jersey uh, Brewers back and forth. This is a story that's not going to go away. We're going to f- keep following this and, and find out what's going on. Again, Holly Garman, thank you so much uh, for getting me over to the New York City uh, uh, Beer Week kickoff. It was awesome. The Brooklyn Expo, great place. Can't thank uh, you enough. And, of course, uh, the New York City Brewers Guild. And last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.